Hey, horror fans, if you are enjoying our podcast, please subscribe on Spotify or iTunes and give us a great rating. It'll help spread the word. Thank you. Hi, I'm Meredith. And I'm Katie. And this is I'm Not Scared, You're Scared. A horror movie podcast. Tonight, we are talking about 2013, The Conjuring, starring starring Patrick Wilson and Vera Farviga. And Ron Livingston. Oh, and him too. And Lily Taylor. Yeah. And that guy that was on Fuller House. I don't know who that is. Which one was that one? It's fine. It doesn't matter. Well, I feel it. Thanks a lot. I feel like a loser for not knowing that. Not really. Not really. <laughs> I really teased that. Um, yeah. So we're starting our series, our summer series. I feel like we kind of bit off more than we can chew, but it's okay. We'll just dive we're right pow- into it. Yeah, we're powering through it anyway. Uh, that's <laughs> Meredith, and I'm Katie, and Lorena is with us again this evening. Yes. Hooray! Yes. I'm here. Hooray! Okay, guys, we have to give a shout out to Book Club. Come on. Book club, book club, book club, book club. Or book club. Like what are books? X mothers book club. Yeah, books. The book clubs are the poor man's movies. Exactly. <laughs> we just have to say hi. It was nice to see everybody. We had fun, and we figured it out like everybody survived the pandemic. Lorena doesn't speak for me. No I'm kidding. <laughs> I never did. It was really nice. It was great. Like we yeah. we went there at fourish. We came home, and now we're recording uh, like two hours later than we thought, but it's okay. Like, yeah, we are. We're here, mm-hmm. and we did it. Yeah, book club is the thing that brought us together. That's how we all met. Yes. In the first place. Yes. And we discovered that we, like, liked a lot of the same things. Yeah. We had similar oh. interests. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it started with, like, Stephen King, and then, oh. you know, scary, more macabre. And then I was yeah. like, I really like scary movies, and Katie and I started chatting, and... And Lorena, Lorena was like, I hate everything. But I love scary movies. <laughs> but I love scary I love movies. Except the ones I hate. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but I love them all. Anyways. Yeah. Yes. So we started like our little offshoot like horror movie club and we would get together sometimes. So this is stemmed. I think it all stemmed from book club. Mm-hmm. Like where we are now. That's our origin story. That's our origin story. You're welcome. Story. Yes. So are we going to do a like a how what's going on with you, which I completely <gasps> forgot. Oh my God. That w- we, I forgot that was our thing. Me too. Oh, God, what so, is new with us? I've I just forgot. been... I don't even know. I'll go first. I'll keep it short and sweet. I've just been setting up my classroom, like, leveling books. I know I'm still needing a lot of books for my library. Shampooing um, rugs? I have shampooed oh, rugs shit. that I kept in the attic for, um, you know, That's I was like, I might need these. And, and, and lo and behold. And lo and behold. <laughs> you need them now. I know. Let me tell you, those tacky rainbow, like, square rugs that they have in classrooms Mm -hmm. are insanely expensive. They're like $400. Really? Um, And they're not... They're not great. Attractive. They're nothing special. Not at all. So I was like, I'm not going to try to get... I get a little bit of money Mm -hmm. from the school's PTO. And I was like, no, I'm not going to use it on that. that yeah. seems Just flip stupid. it and use something else. Do the carpeting from The Shining. I bet the kids will love that. Oh, my God. Oh, you yeah. know I do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, they can ride their big that. wheels around it. Get that real them. audio so, satisfaction. Mm-hmm. So I just uh, did that, leveled, leveling books for my little li- my library and doing that. So that's all I've been up to. What about uh, 
What about you guys? Katie, do you want to go or Um, Oh, what's new with me? Well, the last time that we recorded, I shared that I had taken a position as a fifth, sixth uh, grade aide at my kid's school. And since then, that without ever working a day, I got a promotion um, to fifth grade classroom teacher um, as the staff at our school has shifted with unexpected resignations. And so I am unexpected. You know you did something, right? Oh no, no. Just the um, the principal is not expecting that particular uh, teacher to resign. Yeah, but we, we mean that you like threatened her. Probably you knew. Well, I'm, I'm not. That. Yeah, I'm not saying like, that I didn't have anything to do with dead, it. Dead uh, bird on your windshield. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. She was a <laughs> the threat. Lovely teacher. Really? One of the one of the better teachers that our school had, and it's a it's a real shame to lose her. Um, but the principal was then in, in kind of a bind to fill the position. And so I guess that it made the most sense to bump me up from the aide position to the classroom teacher position. So that's a little intense for me. Uh, I've only ever instructed at the high school level. So uh, middle or it's not even middle school. Really, it's a grammar school that goes K through eight. So it's like a kind of a standard elementary school scenario. Um, that'll be uh, interesting. Mm hmm. Yeah, so I'm not at all panicking or freaking out. No, um, not at I'm all. Not, I also I don't am, have rugs I, to shampoo. So. <laughs> I am, good. and I've had a lot of time to process this. Yeah, yeah, so not you really. and I can hold each other's hands and, and get through this together. Uh, shiver. This fall. And watch the scary movies to comfort. Yeah. Meanwhile, we will, yeah, we'll distract ourselves with the Conjuring universe. Mm-hmm. Lorena, what's new with you? Oh, God. Nothing. I feel like a bum every time I look I'm here. Like I just go to work and I do my thing and I don't do anything new. Um I went to this amazing Fourth of July party, which was awesome. <laughs> hosted by this people. woman named Meredith. Yours yes. truly. We it's hosted. been going what, seven, eight years? We've been coming yeah, it's been seven years. It's our seventh annual. I've only been invited for the last five, but no, I'm not saying Yeah, we were not sure the first I didn't two years. know you. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, amazing. We do it every year. Um uh, Oh, God, we have to. Go. I cannot even imagine a, a Fourth of July that I'm not here. Like, oh, what are you doing for Fourth of July, Meredith? Like, of course, that's it. yeah, like, that's what we. I'm do. gonna watch her street burn down. Yes, yeah. maybe this is the year. <laughs> maybe this is the year this it actually year burns, it burns down. down. I yeah. mean, it's not for lack of trying. Yeah, no, we not have on to. my part, but like on my yeah. neighbors. Well, and I feel like this year we didn't even have any cops cruising by. They gave up. They just yeah, really like you usually like, have that little. Yeah. Was it like the Benny Hill? The like, like chasing, and they and they can't make any. No, I think headway. they up. Uh, They only went down the block like twice this year, and usually yeah. I can't even count how many times mm-hmm. they come yeah. to the house. And they actually stop and talk to folks. And yeah, this time they did not. No, they just passed by, and it's like check. We passed by. They're yeah. still alive. If they I think burn, on them. I don't know, but I don't. I know I heard like a lot of sirens. At some point in the night, so maybe that kind of like oh, made everyone busy. So nice. they were like, mm-hmm. "We can't mess with those p- firework people." Like, here's a legitimate emergency, and there's another try not to bring anything down while the while, while we're dealing with the real crimes. Exactly. Yeah, so that's well, what I did, and of course, continue to train the puppy. But that's another story. Oh, the puppy! The puppy! Yeah. Bless you for trying to train him. I don't think I've ever tried to train any dog I've ever owned. And it shows. <laughs> I mean, I say I tried. My you husband like my, is doing most my, of the thing. Yeah. yeah. But I think the puppy's smart. I don't know. Something is working. See, that's like, they can be smart, but if you don't do anything, they still crap on your rug. 
too. That, that's just still happening, but yeah. we're getting better at that. I don't know. Every time, like I said, uh, we're done, and then another puppy just shows up at my yeah. doorstep, and I'm like, okay, I'll keep you. Yeah, yeah not good. Yeah, idea. it's gotten to where I'm like, if this doesn't work out, this family thing, um, I could just show up on their doorstep, and yes. they will and take me in. will take you <laughs> in. And, like, oh, and as long as you don't there, crap on the rug, I you'll be you'll I be the alpha. Not to crap yeah. on the rug. Body train. Uh, we can take her. Yes, I will take anything. Yes, <laughs> anything. <laughs> One of our puppies, whenever the um, fire trucks, because we're, you know, we're right on sunset, so we get a lot of fire trucks and ambulances going on it. And when they go by, one of the puppies has, like, will mimic the the fire truck sound, and he'll go like, <laughs> and it's fucking amazing. Like, it's the, You're like, you are the coolest. You are the best animal that's ever lived. And it's so adorable. I started, like... Every time he does it, I really excessively praise him about it to try and encourage him to do it more. And I feel like it really has, it's worked. And so just this morning, a fire truck was going by and I, and you can tell when there's, when they're close and it's prolonged, I'm like, oh, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. There's, you know, there's a lot of inspiration. And I heard him and it was just, it wasn't a big one today. It was kind of half-hearted, but I was like, oh, good boy. And I go and walk around the kitchen peninsula and I look into the kennel to like tell him he's a good boy. And he was completely buried in blankets. He didn't even come out of the blankets to do it. He was just like under completely undercover going <laughs> like second nature, like, okay, I have to do this. I'm like, now. he's 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 not even awake. He's doing it in his sleep. <laughs> he's my little prodigy. That's yes. how he's committed. He's, but he's just still pooping in the rug. Yeah, he's pooping thing. on the rug, but I don't care. He's a fire truck. He's my little baby fire truck. He's a fire truck. <laughs> like, doesn't matter what you do. Oh. Well, that's a great update, everybody. Yeah, awesome. I was way off topic. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. That's okay. Okay, so we want to move on to movie recap. Katie's doing that for yes. The Conjuring yeah. this time around. For the you folks that have seen The Conjuring in the past, maybe rewatched it uh, before listening to this episode because you knew coming into it that that's what we were talking about. Um, so try not to be too at length here, but it is really a, a very detailed and colorful film. So, um, what it opens on a scene with an Annabelle interview, which if you're familiar at all with the Conjuring universe, you know that Annabelle is the doll with the red braids. Yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Because yes. who isn't scared of a doll? Um, and this is, we, we meet, uh, the, uh, Warrens, or, uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren, um, talking to these nurses about this possessed doll that they have. So it's just kind of like a little taste of um, their characters uh, to start out with. And obviously we get we get more information about that story going forward. Um, but we go from that um, Annabelle interview to Ed and Lorraine at a college in a, in a big... Um, uh, I don't you call it a classroom. What do you call that in the university? It's like a lecture hall. Lecture hall. Area. That's that's the term. So they're in a lecture hall at a college, giving a presentation about their uh, their work in the uh, paranormal world. Um, and so y- you know, we learn a little bit about them in that aspect. Um, and then we cut from that to the arrival of a a family, the Perrin family, at their new house in Rhode Island that they bought. This is this family has five daughters: April, Cindy, Christine, Nancy, and Andrea, and plus their their dog Sadie. And so they've clearly you know just bought this house and they're moving in. And the uh, whole moving in sequence is accompanied by some incredible '70s music by the um, zombies. Zombies mm. by the zombies. I think that's the um, p- the band that did that song. Yeah, yeah, I love that song. Um, 
that, that's the nice thing about these movies that are set in like the, the 60s and 70s is they always have incredible soundtracks. Awesome soundtrack. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so during our move-in sequence, we have April, who is the youngest uh, girl in this five-girl family, finding a music box, um, which, you know, innocuous at first. Um, and then shortly after, we discover a popular game in this family among these daughters called Hide and Clap where one daughter gets blindfolded and then she gets spun around and all the other girls that are playing go and hide and then the blindfolded girl gets, you know, first clap and then all the hiding girls have to clap and then the blindfolded girl tries to get closer to them and then she asks for second clap and it's kind of, you know, a variation of hide and seek. Um, But in the course of this particular game of hide and clap when they're, you know, newly moved into this house, um, they discover a basement um, in the home that the family was not aware of uh, previously because it was actually kind of boarded up. Uh, so they kind of, you know, the, the dad goes down and explores and it's full of a bunch of junk and they're like, oh, interesting. OK, we have this basement full of junk. Moving on. Uh, the mother, whose name is Carolyn, uh, the next morning wakes up with some kind of strange bruises on her body. Um, and she can't really explain. And then meanwhile, some of the daughters uh, are complaining about uh, observations of, you know, cold uh, spots in the house and some bad smells. Um, and then also that uh, several houses or sorry, um, clocks in the house have uh, stopped at the, the same time at 307. Uh, so these are kind of uh, red flags. Mm-hmm. Of a uh, haunted house or a possessed scenario. Something what? went down at 307. Some shit went down <laughs> at 307. Yeah. Yeah, but like cold patches, bad smells, like, oh, rotting meat, uh, you know, that's that's never a good sign. No. Um, and what is an even worse sign is when April, the youngest girl, runs outside and finds their dog, Sadie, who had refused to come into the house when they first moved in. Oh, look, she's dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Inexplicably outside the house. Just, very yeah. Hard. And they never say, like, what caused her death yeah she just died and they and they don't show like a real close-up on her body so you don't see if she's like mangled or anything so you don't know if it's like just a heart stopping or if she was brutalized in any way but you know the the one creature in in the household that uh, can sense ghosts can sense ghosts and knew this was a bad place uh she she quickly quickly uh, vacates (laughs) vacates the scenario no no No, i ain't playing with that So now we move from um, the Rhode Island home of the parents to uh, Monroe, Connecticut, which is where the Warrens live, Ed and Lorraine, with their daughter, Judy. Um, And Ed is walking um, a gentleman through the house who is kind of interviewing him through the what they call the relic room, which Mm -hmm. is where they store all of the items that have been involved in various cases, uh, supernatural cases they've worked on in the past. And Ed is describing how they have the... Uh, the room blessed once a month. Um, and, you know, the, the guy that is interviewing him says, well, what, you know, why don't you destroy these things? And Ed tries to explain how, you know, destroying the item would only destroy the vessel and the evil spirit would not be destroyed just by, you know, if you set this thing on fire. And so it's safer to actually keep the item in this, you know, this room and have it blessed. And that way the evil, whatever the evil entity is, it, it stays trapped there. Um, and so in this process, as I said, we, we meet the, the Warren's daughter, Judy, who's, you know, a fairly young girl. I think at that point she's, I don't know, like eight Eight around, something something like that. She's, she's still a pretty young girl. So now we move back to the parents, um, and Christine, who is the middle of the five girls, uh, starts getting kind of messed with. 
mm-hmm. by the demon at night, thinks that it's uh, grabbing her feet while oh, she's God. sleeping. She blames it on her sister Nancy that she shares a room with. Um, and meanwhile, Roger, late at night, the dad is hearing noises around the house. And then Cindy, the second youngest, who's a sleepwalker in the past, uh, sleepwalks into Andrea's room, who's the oldest daughter, and is banging her head repeatedly into this wardrobe ro- wardrobe in uh, Andrea's room that was actually in the house when they bought it. It wasn't their piece of furniture. It was already there. Um, and then, you know, mornings uh, continue. Carolyn keeps waking up with more bruises. Uh, Roger, who is a... Um, a trucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He takes a job for a long haul. Um, and so he's leaving, you know, all the girls alone, which, you know, he'd prefer to not do. But he has to do it for, for monetary purposes. We also see at this point a bird flying into the house and breaking its neck and dying, which is also kind of a common bad sign. I would say it's not great. Like, <laughs> the, the dog... I felt like the dog just sort of strangled itself, like That's to get away I from the house. Thought. I but, mean, yeah, because he uh, ma- he's he makes the point of saying like, "Oh, I tied her down," and I'm thinking, "Well, I guess she strangled herself, and that's why they didn't care that she died." But it was kind of weird. Well, I mean, like they cared, but it, like they were it wasn't like a weird like, "How did she die?" Like I feel yeah, like, that's true. Like she, that's they didn't get real inquisitive about no. I mean, they freaked what out. What happened there? I don't know. Anyway, as a viewer, that's sort of just, I kind of assumed that had happened, but maybe, maybe I just, it, it was a leap. That's yeah, all. yeah. They didn't give you a lot of information on no. it. So um, creatures, like, emulate themselves. Just, like, kill themselves yeah. in your yeah. house. When like, they're okay, great. That just, that's, no. that's again, not red a good sign. Red flag. Uh, okay, so now we have um, dad is away on his long haul uh, trucker ride and the older girls are all off to school. Um, April, the youngest, who, I mean, she's the youngest. She doesn't seem so young that she shouldn't be in school. Yeah. I mean, she's I mean she looks like, like six or seven. Yeah. She should at least be in, in kindergarten. She should be in something. Uh, but she's not. And so it was just her and, and mom at home after the older girls go off to school. And uh, April is sharing her uh, the music box that she found in the home with her mom. And she says that, you know, she's got this new friend, Rory. Uh, that you can see in the mirror inside of the lid of the music box. Um, Carolyn, you know, kind of looks into it and listens to music. Nothing really happens. Um, and then uh, April convinces her mom, Carolyn, to play a game of hide and clap with her. Because, you know, as the youngest, which I can relate to, youngest, we're always left out. We're very victimized. And, and we like to... <laughs> blah, blah, blah. We, yeah, you we know, know. We, uh-huh. we really like to lean into it. Uh, April said, nobody ever lets me play hide and clap. When they play, I don't ever get to play. And, yeah. and, well, that's because you're garbage. Yeah. yeah you're not, not the little one. Sorry. Piece of crap. You're a piece Sorry. of crap. You're the afterthought. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone forgets about you. Yeah. yeah. And in true, true youngest <laughs> child fashion april manipulates her mom into playing hide and clap with her i never get to play she's yeah like, oh, fine so oh, the mom is is blindfolded and she's following the sound of april's claps through the house and trying to locate her and uh this is one of the scarier moments when she she follows the sound of the clapping to the wardrobe in andrea's bedroom that you know we've already experienced with you know had the daughter banging her head into and um, we see as Carolyn's blindfolded, we see these like creepy hands come out from the clothing hanging in the wardrobe and clapping. And and uh, then Carolyn realizes April is nowhere near and she's puzzled, rightfully so, as she rips the blindfold off. And this clapping sound was right in front of her, but her daughter was not there. 
Um, so kind of, kind of a spooky opening for that. Um, now Roger is on a week long haul, uh, leaving the girls longer, uh, alone longer for even a longer period of time. And, uh, the demon is still messing with Christine, uh, one of the younger girls, uh, more aggressively pulling on her leg in the night. And at that night when she wakes up and she wakes her sister up in the room with her, she sees someone in the room behind the door. Um, and as the, the door slams shut and everybody's screaming and freaking out and, and when her parents rush in, you know, Christine is sobbing and she communicates to them that the demon said that he wants her family dead, Mm -hmm. which is, uh, you know, I mean, that's rude. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, where do you go from there? Time to go. (laughs) They don't. And they're like, oh no, let's go back to sleep. Yeah. No, this is just a bad dream. Right. No, just walk it out. (laughs) So now we, we kind of bounce back uh, for a moment to the Warrens um, and we see them, you know, going and investigating a haunted house. Um, it's for, you know, another uh, nameless couple um, who clearly have contacted them for some spooky uh, occurrences in their home. And the Warrens are up in their attic explaining to them, oh, you know, well, it's these pipes here. And when the water heats up and it goes through these pipes and it clanks against this and that explains the noise that you hear about this. And so it's. Obviously, you know, them coming in and reassuring these people that there's nothing supernatural happening in their home. And, you know, they called these ghost hunters, but they're like, you know, you're, you're safe. There's there's nothing bad happening here. You're totally fine. Um, so then meanwhile, we, you know, come back to the parent home and uh, Carolyn is taking starting to take iron for the bruises she's mm-hmm. she's finding all over her body because mm-hmm. that's that's the problem. You don't have enough iron, iron in your diet. It's like, oh, it's just a condition. Oh, they yeah, so. Uh, yeah. So yeah, well, not... you know, it's a more of a leap to assume it's demons, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anemia or demons. anemia versus yeah. demons. It's, it's either. It's either anemia or demons. I'll go for anemia. <laughs> Those are literally <laughs> the only two choices. <laughs> yes. Here, take some iron pills. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, and so it's, you know, it's late at night and she thinks she hears the girls playing, but then she finds that they're all in bed and then suddenly all of the framed pictures and their stairwell fall down in a big crash. And, and then she starts hearing the claps as if it's a, a hide and clap game. And she follows the noises, those clap noises, and also the piano noises down into the cellar that's full of all this crap. Um, she gets knocked down the stairs and while she's laying on the floor, all of a sudden a toy ball gets thrown out of nowhere, bouncing past her. So she, obviously she's freaking the fuck out. Um, and the light bulb explodes and she's racing up the stairs trying to get back into the main house. And as she's, she's sitting at the top of the stairs and burning these matches to try and, you know, light her surroundings. You hear that, hey, want to play hide and clap? Mm-hmm. And then you see the, the hands appear over her shoulder from behind her. And clapping. And we're, well, Sounds as good. a viewer, we're like waiting to see what she sees down there. We don't expect it to be, oh, like yeah. next to her head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, crazy. unless you saw any of the commercials in which you saw that scene every yeah. single time no. and you knew exactly what was going to happen, which is why I don't watch commercials. And I learned that. <laughs> I don't watch them anymore because I was like, oh, horrible. Yeah. Yeah. No, it spoils all the best moments mm-hmm. because they put the best moments in the ads. Uh, so at that moment, um, then we have the, the camera panning away from the, the shaking door to the cellar. So we have this kind of sense that she's having some sort of struggle with the demonic force at that point trapped in the cellar, which is, is kind of crucial for what continues happening. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so then we have, you know, Cindy, the daughter, back. She's back in the night banging her head against the wardrobe. Uh, her sister leads her away, and, and the doors keep banging, even though she's not there anymore. So that's that's spooky. Um, and out of nowhere, they see uh, a witch on top of the wardrobe who jumps down on Andrea, the oldest daughter. And so now the whole household is awake and screaming and freaking the fuck out. And uh, Roger arrives home from his long haul trucking adventure. He's like, honey, I thought, what in tarnation? <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have had all these damn My daughters. <laughs> What's going on? Can everybody um, get their period out? <laughs> oh, they had a chocolate. I thought it was supposed to be next week. <laughs> all you six women getting hysterical with your women problems. <laughs> No, he was very like, oh, crap, what's oh, going Jesus, on? we got to do something about this. Jeezy, crazy. <laughs> Jeezy, Lou. <laughs> um, so now we cut back. The, you know, the Warrens are back doing another college tour presentation, and they're showing a video of an exorcism of a gentleman named Maurice. Who Maurice! We will revisit Maurice later in our exploration of the Conjuring universe. Um, and Ed uh, mm-hmm. kind of explores the three stages of possession, which he defines as infestation, oppression, and possession. So we kind of are thinking about that in terms of the parent family at this point. Um, but then Carolyn, who is present at that, uh, that presentation, comes to them afterward and begs them to come to the parent house that that the the family is just desperate and they need their help. Uh, so Ed and Lorraine visit. Um, they hear the reports of everybody sleeping downstairs because there's these cold patches, there's these bad smells, the door is banging in threes, the pictures keep falling down, the clocks are stopping, uh, you know, the, the wardrobe is banging, the cellar is, I don't know, piano playing. It's just a whole hot fucking mess. Um, and so Ed records a statements from Carolyn um, and uh, Lorraine talks to um, while Ed is recording the statements with the parents. Lorraine is having a conversation with April, the youngest daughter, um, talking about Rory in the music box. And and Lorraine actually sees an image of Rory in the reflection. Um, and Lorraine also goes to the lake that is adjacent to the home and uh, is lucky enough to see the image of the dead witch hanging from a tree, mm-hmm. which is just delightful. Uh, so Ed and Lorraine recommend an exorcism for the house, uh, that they see the dark entity attached to the family, and that they need to investigate and gather more evidence and proof so that the uh, church could approve an actual exorcism to take place. Um, when Ed and Lorraine are back home, they discover that Carolyn's voice did not record when Ed was interviewing um, her and Lorraine found that uh, she started looking into the history of the farmhouse that they were living in, linked all the way back to the witches of Salem um, and all of these other horrible occurrences um, that occurred on that on that land. And uh, so they decide they return to the house. They have their um, their equipment guy and they have Officer Brad, the police guy, who was the one that was on Fuller House. And I can't remember his name. Oh, he was the vet. The, yeah, he was the vet that <gasps> DJ Tanner was like yes. dating. Yes. Oh, yeah, it was charming. Nerd alert. Yes. Nerd alert. I don't know, but it made it more appealing to my daughter. Um, <laughs> oh, so, the Conjuring? Because he was in it? Yeah, because he's like, oh, look, it's him. Pre Fuller House fame. Yep. That's true. <laughs> 
Um, so they're all back at the house with all of their equipment trying to uh, collect um, a lot of empirical data to try and prove to, you know, the Catholic Church that they should send someone in to do an actual proper exorcism. So on the first night, there's some minor occurrences. The, the, on the second day, there's kind of a spooky moment when um, Lorraine is taking some laundry down off of the mm-hmm. clothesline and a sheet blows down and flies into the wind and then catches on a human shape mm-hmm. that is not there before it flies away. That's was, was pretty scary. It's witches. It's witches. <laughs> God damn it, it's witches. <laughs> or laundry. Yeah. yeah. It's not anemia, it's witches. <laughs> Stop taking the damn iron pills. It's not helping. (laughs) And meanwhile, you know, in this moment, when Lorraine is seeing that shape and she's seeing witches in the window, Carolyn, who's taking a nap, poor, poor Carolyn, poor anemic Carolyn, um, gets, you know, she's approached and fully possessed by the spirit of this, this witch. And that is horrifying. Yeah, that's, that's that's a pretty, pretty intense moment. Um... So now we're in the the second night of the presence of everybody in the home trying to collect data. And uh, Officer Brad from Fuller House sees um, a maid who has slit her wrists. And so he's what? No, I was just uh, wondering, like, what did she keep repeating? She 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 made me do do it. it. Okay. Look what she made me do. Look Look what what she she made made me do. do. Okay. Mm -hmm. I knew it was something weird and creepy. Obviously, she's a ghost. Yeah, she's a ghost. Which Even if she says hello, anything she says, it's going to be weird and creepy. Hey, hey y'all! <laughs> Maybe that wouldn't be what. It's still creepy. Hey guys, did you take your vitamins today? <laughs> How many iron pills have you had today? Okay, sorry, yeah. interrupt. I, yeah. sh- I forgot what she was saying, and I remember that was kind of like Patty will never impactful because I was like, oh, what did she make you do? What did she? Do? What did she do? Oh. Okay. <laughs> and so, you know, things, all of the supernatural occurrences are escalating at that point. And Lorraine, in her exploration of the home, manages to fall through some in between the walls all the way down to the cellar. And she sees the spirit of Rory's mom. So Rory's the little boy that April has been seeing. Um, and Rory's mom also uses the phrase, you know, look what she made me do, because clearly she also she killed her child. And, and that's her phrase. Um, and so Lorraine, you know, sees the apparition of the witch in that moment. And she kind of, for the first time, understands that the, the way that this evil spirit is, is that she possesses the mother to kill the child. Um, and so that's Lorraine's kind of awakening that that's what, you know, why Carolyn has been experiencing the bruises and all this targeting is that Carolyn is the target to be possessed so that she would attack her own children. Um, and on this occasion, also, Lorraine is out behind the house and she sees her, the image of her own daughter, Judy, in the lake. So she starts freaking the fuck out because she thinks, you know, her own daughter is now being pulled into this and, and targeted. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, you know, she finds out that Judy's, in fact, OK. And, and the Warrens submit all of this empirical evidence that they have to the church to hopefully get uh, clearance to have an exorcism. Um, but in the meantime, Judy back at home is attacked by the witch. And this is where we see Annabelle kind of come into play a little bit that Annabelle is out of her case and, and the witch is, is manipulating Annabelle and really kind of tormenting and attacking Judy, who at that point is just under the care of Lorraine's mother. Um, cause Lorraine and Ed are not there. Um, so then after that, Roger returns to the motel where the whole family has been moved to and learns that Carolyn has, uh, fled the motel with Christine and April. Um, 
not the two youngest girls, the middle and the youngest. Mm-hmm. She skipped over one of them. Kind of a kind of weird choice. Like but, you know, them. mothers. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Roger calls the Warrens and everybody, you know, run, rushes to the house um, to try and uh, save the, the little girls from Carolyn because they understand what's going on now. And, um, you know, Brad is there and he breaks into the house like a freaking superhero. And they find uh, Carolyn trying to kill Christine with a pair of scissors. Uh, and at the end, uh, April flees and, and rushes off into the house and they, and they don't know where she went. So they're trying to take Carolyn to a priest. But as they try and drag her out of the house, she burns start appearing on her skin. And they realize that the demon won't allow her to leave the, the physical location of the house. And so they bring her back inside. Drew puts Christine in the car to keep her safe and uh, starts looking for April. And the others are in the basement trying to exercise the demon out of Carolyn. So while they're trying to exercise Carolyn, Drew finds April under the kitchen floor um, and he starts busting through trying to find him. But in the process of the exorcism, Carolyn learns that that's where she is. So they they lose track of Carolyn and she actually gets to April in this kind of space underneath the cellar between the walls and the floor and everything. And she's trying to kill April. But fortunately, uh, you know, Ed and Lorraine and her husband are all able to reach Carolyn inside the possession and coax her to fight against the witch whose name is Bathsheba. And they're able to, she's able to overpower the the possession and she vomits it out, which is delightful. Um, and, and, and everything's fine. Mm -hmm. She vomits out the witch. She apologizes to her daughters. They're like, that's okay. I'm definitely not scarred forever. Um, and everybody goes home happy and, and delightful. Ever after. Yeah. And then the closing moment is when we see Ed, back in the relic room at their home and he is uh adding to the relic room the the music box that april had found that he was able to see that she was able to see rory in um and in that moment we overhear a snippet of a conversation between ed and lorraine teasing that the church had a house that they wanted them to look into in long island which is a reference to amityville mm-hmm. and that's the end and scene and scene <laughs> How long was that? Jesus, that was long. <laughs> well, thanks, Katie. For yeah, my pleasure. Detail. Yeah, I'm going to mm-hmm. sit back and relax for a moment. What do we have yeah, next? Yeah, you should. Well, we have our Is It Scary mm-hmm. segments. I mean, I can start. Please uh, do. Let me give you a break and then Lori and I, you can go. I mean, yes. Uh, yeah. Obviously, now I've seen it so many times, I don't like jump, but I really enjoy the story. What I always had, like, when I went to go see it and I kept, like, telling people to go see it, it was like, I'm like, it's a haunted house mm-hmm. movie, but it's like, it's just re- really well written, what great direction, amazing actors. It's not like a cheesy, whatever. It's like very good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, very well developed. Yes. Very, mm-hmm. very well great character development and and you care about these characters and you feel for them and you like want them to be okay and you're like oh what's this you know craziness happening and so i'm like it's an age-old story it's an old formula haunted house yeah but it's also like new a fresh like twist on it too because it's not like a priest coming in and i'm gonna exercise it's like Two paranormal investigators mm-hmm. and like you know. I love how they make the, yeah. the whole priest angle seem like a bureaucracy. 
Like yeah. we we got a real problem here, and we got to solve it. But we got to go through all the paperwork with the church to get. It's going to take six months at least. <laughs> we, we have to wait for the Vatican to give us like all the, the permission. Okay. <laughs> we haven't submitted Form C ninety five yet. Hopefully it's not Easter or Christmas because then we're off. Like, <laughs> I know. Well, I just love that. Uh, yeah, I love the that movie and the formula is old, but it's great and it works. I think as far as like scariest moments, I love the beginning. That is like the beginning of this movie is like one of my favorite parts. The Annabelle interview? Oh the Annabelle yes. interview. I'm yeah. like, it's like five minutes, but I'm always like, yes, yeah, like for mm-hmm. the first few minutes. Because that doll is creepy as hell. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but the whole thing, I was like, when you says we care about everything. I was like, we no, just that thing help happens to be in my house, and I'd be like, we're yeah. burning them. I don't care what it is. Yeah, the desire to help a person like, as a nurse doesn't translate to a freaking doll no, that appears out of nowhere. It, no, it is not. Like, <laughs> oh, I was like, just help it. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Annabelle. And you're like, no. we want, we're nurses. We want to help people. So they take the Anna doll, and they put it in the Warren's Occult Museum. Um... To, for safekeeping and it has that sign warning positively do not open do in different yeah. fonts to show how serious <laughs> and we're not like, fucking around <laughs> can I open it can this I isn't it? this <laughs> isn't courier new <laughs> it's dusty I open it I just touch it touch and then the hide and clap part yeah I love that that was good yeah. I mean there's always like oh clock stopping at a certain time because yeah. the evil or whatever behind clap is original I've never seen that in another movie yeah or I mean hide and seek yes yeah but like hide and clap where they, there's like an oh, entity yeah. like clapping mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and they're like oh that's clearly not a person it's like, <laughs> like some kind of obviously though Rory's not like a evil entity but yeah. it's still Freaking it's just weird. So scary. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I'm talking to dead people. Sure, great. Yeah. Mm-mm. Well, a lot of movies kind of explore that where there's, you know, there's evil dead en- entities and then there's the non-evil ones. But the mm-hmm. non-evil ones are still scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're still ghosts. They're not there. But you I mean, they're know. not technically supposed to be around. Yeah, exactly. Um, Get out, Rory. <laughs> Rory. Take a hint. It's not that he died happily. I'm like, I'm just With your weird short pants. (laughs) Your Puritan. Period. Your ascot. Um. Your weird period time. Whatever. No, I don't think he had his period. No. What? I don't think he was on his period. That's not where I was going with that. He's the only one that was not on the period at the time. Um... Yeah, so, but for some reason, I kind of had forgotten about the hands appearing next to Carolyn yeah. and in the rewatch with, with the clap. I had yeah. kind of forgotten because it'd been a while. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's so good. Like, yeah. I just, but really I mean, honestly, that, that was the, that moment was in every single commercial and ad that they ran. Mm. So if you watched those, then when you went to see the movie, you knew that was coming. You were waiting for it. Yeah. And that is why I don't watch commercials. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> I don't watch commercials. I never really watched like TV. So maybe yeah. I, never, I mean, e- even back when it came out, I never watched television. Like, yeah. I watched like streaming other things. Mm-hmm. So. Or, like, HBO, but, like, you're not going to see, like, a Conjuring trailer when yeah. you're watching The Sopranos or whatever. Yeah. Like, if know. only. <laughs> yeah. You're like, well, I just... Anyway. Yeah. So, that's what I really enjoyed. So, Lorena, is this movie scary? Oh, no, not at all. No, it's fine. <laughs> not at all. Oh, it's just uh, completely cool. Of course it's scary. But I love... So, what I really enjoy after watching it again, because I totally forgot, it's how... They created the universe, like the first 15 minutes. They told you, okay, Annabelle is here. This is what we did. And then 
you go into the into the room and then you see Annabelle and you see all the gadgets, you even see like another painting. It's like kind of they're telling you this is where we're going. Like yeah, these people are, have been around. Yeah. They've seen some shit. But it's but then I'm also you're kinda of like, okay, so there's other things. This is like a well thought out I mean afterwards, after seeing all the movies, then I understand it, it was a well thought out universe because from the beginning they knew how it was gonna go. Like, you know, you can see that it was not just like, Oh, let's make the second one just because the first one was so, you know, like mm-hmm. successful. That's the way I got um, you know, that's what I got. I also love the fact and this is something I was telling you about. It's that, oh, in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, it's a, it's, it's a haunted house. And I even told you, it's like, oh, it's the Amityville one. And you're like, that's not the one. And I'm like, it's not? <laughs> but that's the only haunted house that I knew. <laughs> and that's when I remember that as I was watching it, I was like, this is something that I don't know anything about, you mm-hmm. know? And there were the cheesy, you know, cheesy parts when they were like, oh, you know, the bad smell, that is the way, you know? Like, and I'm like, okay, whatever. So, Does you the know, door always slam in threes? It's a mark of the, you know, paternity. It's a mark of the beast. It's an insult to the holy trinity. I'm like, okay, so now we're going to... But then it just like moves into like, Totally different stuff. She walks around. Oh, and you have to love her. Lorraine Bourne. That woman. Oh, I love that character. She's <laughs> so good. She's so proper and so sweet. She's her high collars all the yeah. time. Yeah, the high yeah. collars. I'm like always having this smile. Oh, God. I love her. Even though she sees dead people. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Can't hold like, that against her. like dead people everywhere. And she's just like, oh, that's great. I love your room. Like, bitch, you just saw like a lot of people dead. And you're like, oh, yeah, I love your room. It's fine. It's uh, fine. It's fine. It's fine. fine. <laughs> And I, I think I did enjoy how, like, different it was from everything else that we watched, right? Because after that, uh, before that, there was, like, just the same old formula, you know, like, this happens and this happens. Mm. But this one is, uh, there was a lot of things that were, like, new, you know, like, the whole hunting. Even when he's having those lone take, you know, the long takes and you're following and you're like, okay, this is where I jump scare me. Nothing happens. And I'm like, okay, this is, you know, and that. And then after, like, <laughs> three or four, then I'm like, like, whatever, just send anything. Then the hands come out of nowhere and I'm like, ah, I'm screaming because... I was like, I'm not expecting that. I was expecting. And I think he's like full of that. The whole time he's like, this is it. And I'm okay, yeah, the third one, I am not even going to scream anymore. And I'm like, oh, God, that was nice. And I'm screaming, yes. Uh, that I think that is what I really enjoy. Like, it was not a, we had a, I had a formula in my head. And it was like, besides the formula, which I really, really liked. It was good. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say, yes, three for three, that it's incredibly scary um, I mean, it has legitimate jump scares where even if it was a shitty movie, they would be scary enough to, you know, startle you, make you yeah. jump. Um, but you also, you know, it invests you enough in the characters and the setting and the experience that the the scares are more legitimate. Yeah. And the thing that I love and, uh, you know, going as we continue through this universe and all of these movies that I think is just so charming is there's there's a thread of humor Mm-hmm. in in these movies um that kind of endears you to the experience and i think that it it causes you to kind of connect a little bit more to what the characters are going through mm-hmm. because they always manage to to put in you know kind of light scenes or like like in the in this movie in particular you know there's the scene where ed and roger the two dads are you know working on a car mm-hmm. together 
you know. And then they always put in this kind of like romantic side scenes between Ed and Lorraine, like before she sees the sheet fly onto the evil demon form. Mm -hmm. You know, the two of them kind of cute where she's doing laundry. And, um, or the scene where the whole family, you know, they, the Warrens and the parents are having a pancake breakfast Mm -hmm. and they're, you know, it's, it's a lighthearted and warm setting for all of the people together. And I think it's the juxtaposition of those moments that make the scary moments more impactful because you you have the humanity of the the people and what they're going through but then that then they take you from there and they put you in this suspenseful unexpected situation mm-hmm. and the the cop that everybody's kind of making fun of and joking about oh he's you know Mr. Tough Guy and doesn't believe in anything and all of a sudden he's seeing this you know apparition of a mm-hmm. maid with her wrists slit and he's the one freaking out mm-hmm. you know and so i think that that's that helps actually the scare factor of having those lighter moments that contrast is what makes the scarier moments that much scarier and the the images of you know that you've got the witch you've got rory you've got rory's mother you've got the maid i think those are kind of the only those are the only supernatural images you really see Mm -hmm. but the way that they use them are really effective. Mm-hmm. The moments that you see them are really scary, and either they're it's a it's a jump scare jolt situation, or it's a very suspenseful revelation of of the appearance of that character. And so those those moments are all really really scary in and of themselves because they're really carefully orchestrated. Mm-hmm. And I think that the whole movie is freaking batshit scary. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and I mean just a lot of it. Sometimes it felt like. Um the calm before the storm in some ways and in, in like some parts but also like we're just living our lives mm-hmm. yeah and you know and this is just happening you know, this, to yeah, us yeah and this is happening around to us, us and we're just trying mm-hmm. to like be okay yeah um and then of course all the scenes between ed and lorraine you like just love them yeah they're so <laughs> sweet and they're you know it's the it's, the it's the marriage we all want to have yeah. you know <laughs> like Where come he, on like, supports her and yeah. brings her tea. Oh yeah. shit! It, it didn't have enough sugar in it. Let, let me go. let me yeah, fix yeah, yeah. that for you. <laughs> this is what we were more. You know, we were made for. Like you and me. Yeah. God brought oh. us together for a reason. This is that reason. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I love them so. It's an awesome chemistry. I think that that's also like the, that couple and the chemistry and the actors. They just yeah. they just make it work. Like yeah. they make it work. If I they didn't cast me. it right with those two performers yeah. together. No. They're they're a perfect match, yeah. and I think that that's what's carried the a lot of the movies yeah. in this mm-hmm. group yeah. through I mean, is the two of them working together and being so endearing and so believable. Which mm-hmm. is also you know like goes back to like he knew what he was doing, you know, because it was not just one. Okay, I'm going to cast these people and see how, what happens. And I always enjoy when like the director and the writer see the movie. Or, or the series beyond just the first or the second one. Yeah, you know? they, yeah. They, this was, you know, they knew who they were going to cast, how it was going to go. And the fact that, oh, what's her name? Very, uh, the Very actress. Farmiga. Vera Farmiga. Yeah, she yeah. actually went and lived with Lorraine Warren before the movie. Like, she's, you know, she went there and she's like, I want to know how you behave, what you do. And she went, like, she spent, like, a few days at her home just watching yeah. everything. So all the little things that she does, it's based, it's based on that. And yeah. She, Full method acting. Mm -hmm. Totally. I read um, the other day when I was getting ready for the podcast that uh, the screenwriter or uh, like someone came in and they're like, this is a great story. Like Mm -hmm. they only had like kind of a working title, um, but it was going to focus more on the family and not so Mm -hmm. much on 
Ed and Lorraine Warren and the I can't remember who it was, but someone was like, no, like Ed and Lorraine need to be like the main characters mm-hmm. and yeah. we need to focus on that uh, moving forward and in this movie. Yeah. So, I mean, it worked, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. If, if your idea is to potentially continue making films, you know, the, the family that had this isolated uh, supernatural experience, they don't have lasting yeah, you know, power much, to make multiple after. films, but individuals that go from incident to incident, they, they have <laughs> status. Well, to... they're like, um, they're like the detectives. Yeah, like you're not going to write yeah. about like one victim one day. I mean, you might, but like it doesn't like you know you can't continue that. So mm-hmm. that makes right. total sense. Um, yeah. So I guess we are on to the Conjuring Universe overview. That's you, Katie. Oh, yeah. So as this is the first um, episode of our effort this summer to cover the Conjuring universe, we thought that it would be a good opportunity to kind of just generally um, cover the films that are, you know, a part of this universe. Um, So there are what we've got. We've got eight films that came out between 2013 and 2021. So that's that's quite a few. Um, and the order in which they came out, we had the, the Conjuring, which is this first one that we're talking about that came out in 2013. The next year we had Annabelle. Uh, two years later, there was Conjuring 2. A uh, year after that, we had Annabelle Creation. The year after that, there was The Nun. The year after that, we had both Annabelle Comes Home and La Girona. Um, and then finally, most recently, uh, in 2021, we had The Conjuring 3. So there's actually, I mean, that's a, a vast number of movies to to be in this Ed and Lorraine Warren universe. Um, and those are all of the ones that we're going to tackle, hopefully, in our uh, efforts this summer. Um, but... Uh, yeah, it's they all take place um, chronologically, you know, in a span between the 50s and, and the early 80s. So, yeah, I mean, that I, is I a know. lot. That's <laughs> it's, it's a lot, you know, that eight movies in eight years is. <laughs> and I feel like they could jump around like they don't have to continue with the 80s. Like they could go tackle something even yeah, because as you know, it's we'll we'll talk about like they the um, order that they were released in does not reflect their chronology um, in the order that the stories typically occurred, and so they could make all sorts of movies that don't even continue into modern day that mm-hmm. that still mm-hmm. take place earlier or in the same time setting as the ones that have already been released. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they have a little wiggle room unless the actors become really old. And then <laughs> good point, good point. Not they, they've already recast Judy a multiple times, so maybe they'll find their way around that. But they yeah, I never Judy. noticed. Yeah, they, it's, a, it's a different Judy. And um, I think that maybe the, and I don't, I don't know this for sure, but um, definitely the Judy in Annabelle Comes Home is not the same Judy as Conjuring and Conjuring 2. Mm-hmm. Okay, I guess that makes sense. You're just like I just don't want to do horror movies my whole life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that who would want to not do that? Yeah. I don't know. I would. I well, would. when you cast her in 2013, you cast a girl who's supposed to look nine, and then you need the girl to still look nine five years later. Exactly. You might need mm-hmm. to find a new actress. Yeah, time mm-hmm. doesn't work like that. Yeah. Not typically. Unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately. Um. Yeah, so that's just, I mean, for for now, you know, we'll, we'll dig into this more as we continue uh, discussing the, the different movies in the universe. But that that's our overview for the, the movies that belong to the Conjuring universe mm-hmm. so far. 
Yeah. So far. <laughs> and I was going to touch on only briefly about Ed and Lorraine Warren. Um, uh, so this this universe is based on two people that existed. Um, they uh, Ed passed away. I can't. I think in the early two thousands, and Lorraine Warren passed away. I think. In the past few years. Yeah, just kind of recently. Yeah, so um, there are two paranormal investigators. Um, so in the movies, they are kind of, they're, they're good people who are genuine, um, and they are good at what they do, and they help the families. Um, they solve problems. They're on the up and up. They're mm-hmm. on the up and up. <laughs> in real life, like, not so not much. Not so much. Unfortunately, like, Ed... He was a self-taught demonologist, and Lorraine was um, a self-proclaimed clairvoyant. I guess you would have to self-proclaim that, yeah, I guess. Yeah. But well, and is there, what kind of demonologist is not self-taught, though? Like, exactly. Where's the, There's not, like, I a mean, you have to college, be, but yeah, then you know. go, like, oh, I have like, like I majored in demonology at Berkeley. <laughs> and that's a minor. You know what? I bet you there's probably an occult. There's probably an occult. Uh, yeah, yeah, in the, like in like history somewhere. departments or things like that. Yeah, I could. Probably. I believe that occult studies. Yeah, mm-hmm. religious studies. Well, listeners, we have a few hundred now. Yeah. Do you have? Is, an does your university degree? have a or department? Because if you do, please let us know. <laughs> then I stand corrected. I love but how we, we keep saying this, this point, like, let think... us know, and we've given them no, no method way. for like, communicating <laughs> with us I at don't. all. I mean, we have our email. Do we? No, I'm do... not scared. You're scared at gmail.com. Oh, I had no that? idea we had that I email. never <laughs> check it, listeners. Oh, so. shit. Maybe we won something, you know, like, you won. Check you. I think, uh, yeah, my boyfriend checked it like a few months ago and was like, oh, you're number 76 in the United Kingdom. And like movie podcast i was like are there 76 podcasts <laughs> yikes <laughs> and we're the last yeah. i'd believe it yeah i anyway. believe it <laughs> okay so they this couple they're connected to many many famous hauntings um in the united states and beyond and the most famous haunting i would say and we you, you mentioned it briefly was mm-hmm. a medieval which the end of The Conjuring kind of alludes to, like, oh, there's a haunted house yeah. mm-hmm. or a case in uh, Long Island. Yeah. Um, so really quickly, I forgot to mention that I read that book, The Medieval Horror, when I was 13 years old. I only read the sequel. <sighs> <laughs> I never the read sequel. the first one. There's a sequel book. And yeah. Bill back. Wow. Amanda Bill is back in business, baby. <laughs> and that's what it's called. The house? I mean, so, what the hell is it? It's called Amanda Bill in the house, part two. Yeah, part two. Fuller so house. I got, <laughs> I got the book uh, from Half Price Books, where it's like a reseller bookstore. I read the book. I thought it was so scary. And there was a clipping of a real estate listing of the house mm-hmm. in oh my the God. book. Like, randomly, someone had shoved it in there. And I was no. like, this is the coolest thing. That's spooky as hell. Yeah, because I'm, like, 13, like, shaking. Yeah. Ah! And then I see, I'm like, oh, this is like a bunch real of flies house. come out of the book. I know. <laughs> it's insane. Like, this is so scary. So I loved it. I was like, this is amazing. I wish I still had that book and the, the clipping. That Why would be don't you? So ama- I mean, I'm mm. not fully committed to, obviously, to to this hobby. What did you um, do? I know. I don't know. I was 13. Life happened. I probably lost There's it. No, no excuses. Play like a champion. <laughs> I probably lost it. So, um, yeah, basically the book was amazing. I loved it. Also kind of completely fabricated. Um, <laughs> kind of sort of. Accounts and... Um, 
the book called The Middayville Horror Conspiracy had refuted the um, whole story claimed it was all made up. Uh, if you want to learn more about this, there's a great two-parter on last podcast on the left where they talk about it. Um, yes. And it's so funny. But I know Katie's not a fan. Um, I, I might try that because honestly, interesting. My, my dive into last podcast on the left, unfortunately, started with Dahmer. And that's a big one to start with. That might have been my fault, but I love that. It was your fault. You recommended that one. Oh my God. Back me up here. It's one of the best. He had a day for the prom and I didn't. Oh my God. Come (laughs) on. It's, I love it. Ben Kessel was pretty salty about Jeffrey Dahmer having a date to the prom when he didn't have a date to the prom. Yeah, so the stereotypical I mean, eight people had a date to the prom, but he didn't. Yeah, yeah, he was, was a pretty salty. But they well, go into I mean, the he anyhow. hadn't he hadn't killed and eaten people yet at that point. Well, we'll never know. We don't know. we don't know. We do know. I watched my friend Dahmer. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, well, it goes into it. If you're interested, you can listen to that. Um, so also, while Ed and Lorraine Warren did not charge money to do any of their investigations, mm-hmm. they never charged anybody. Um, but they did. They just give had lectures. advertising. <laughs> they yes. did lectures, wrote lots of books, and they made pretty good money mm-hmm. from from all their hauntings cases. Like indirectly, not to yeah. the families, but indirectly. Um, they yeah. So yeah. I mean, basically, this couple. Unfortunately, I love the fictional portrayal. Yes, me too. I love them. But the couple who um, in real life, in real when, life, when this shit isn't actually real, yeah, they're just coming. they're kind of known as being fabricators um, who didn't necessarily help situations when they in kind of wars. entered mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. a situation to kind of help. And I'm using air quotes, people mm-hmm. at home. Uh, <laughs> I can attest to that. There were actual air quotes, air quotes occurring. Yeah. So that's just a really quick snippet. And as we move forward and talk about like other movies, I can. T- like say what their contributions were if much at all uh-huh, you know yeah. so anyway but i know lorena you had more information about the actual parent family which is what this conjuring movie is about yeah, so which i don't know anything yeah actually so it was really interesting because the, you know at the end of the movie at the end of the conjuring you see two two pictures one of is the parent family the the parents and the five daughters and then you see a, a picture of the Warren family but then that's it like nothing else is said about like you know which you usually say based on a real life story blah 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 nothing is said it's just the two pictures which I really found interesting because then I was like okay let's find out who these people are and they are they're it's a true family so according to them in 1971 um they moved to Harrisville Rhode Island that's they bought the house they loved the house they took the daughters in, but I was thinking like, okay, if you, it's really interesting. They said, we move in and it was snowing the day we moved in. Okay. That was a bad sign, right? I mean, that had to be so expensive. I mean, I think, I think it snows all the fucking time in that part of the country. I guess. I don't know. I've never been. Um, <laughs> Me neither. It's so far away from I'm pretty California. sure it snows like six months out of the year or something. I guess. I believe you. It's on the other side. So I'm like, okay, if it's not California, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> sorry, that's where it's that. But I was like, oh, well, sorry. That's, that's not California or Spain. You don't want to know. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on in the world. So um, they move in with their daughters and it's just now in. And then as they go in, the neighbors come in and say hi to them. And it's like, oh, you know, you're the new, you know, you people, blah, blah, blah. Oh, you bought the house. Do not turn off the lights. Never turn off the lights at night. Like, yeah, but who says that? Like, you know, oh, hi. Hi, this is me. I'm bringing you hi, an apple neighbor. pie. Here's, here's some pie, yeah. And then, ta-da, don't ever turn off the lights. I'll be like, in that, you don't ask for anything. I'll be like, okay, well, um, I would like to know a little bit more. 
So it's really interesting um, because what they the daughters say is that the everything started from the first day that they move in. Like they saw an entity the first day that they move in. And as soon as they got situated, things just start moving around. Like, you know, she says like everything just started moving around. Things were getting lost. And at the beginning, the daughters take it as uh, so like, well, they kind of like, you know, blaming each other. Like, did you do it? No, I didn't do it. No, you know, it's like they start quarreling. And it's funny because then one of the daughters says, Cindy, she goes like, well, you know, my sisters were always fighting about who was moving what, that I just decided I was just going to go play with the children in my room. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so you You're like, wait, what children in your room? <laughs> I, I was like, your four, your four sisters are, so you decided to go play with the dead people in your room. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to go to How my bad room. do your sisters have to be? <laughs> yes, I was like, I'd rather go play with the dead. I mean, I guess. It depends on how terrible your siblings are. I mean, I have two sisters, so I Sometimes you just need a break. Mm, Yeah. So it's interesting because what they're saying is that uh, she was playing with the ghost and they all felt that it was like at the beginning, it was it was it was good entities like they were not there to scare them, but were there kind of like play around. They even talk about one of the ghosts that used to put them to sleep like they would be in bed and then they would feel like somebody kissed on them and they knew that it was not their mom because the mom smell like dove and the spirit smells like fruit and flowers so the mom was trying to do you know be the best one but then she stinks and then the spirit's like is this a flower and roses and i was like oh i knew one was this so they really got used to the spirits they got used to the spirits they got used to everything that was going on however as the daughters were having quote unquote a good time the parents were not so the dad was actually kind of like you know uh, couldn't understand why, like, there were times that the house will smell like rotten flesh. And Caroline was not having um, a good experience either because she was, like, having the bruises, which is, you know, what happened. She was waking up with bruises. She was waking up with aches. Uh, she knew that there was an entity in her room that it was a woman. And she said, I am going to kill you. I am going to bring you doom and gloom because until you leave this house. But she couldn't tell anybody. It seems like she couldn't tell the husband and the daughters were not trusting the um, the parents. After a while, they decide, they started noticing that things were kind of changing and it was no longer the fun spirits, but it was more of like a dark entity, which is in, they saw, they never mentioned like a female entity. We'll get into that. It was to them, the one that it was the most scary one, it was... A male entity that will follow them around the house and they were um, telling the story that they stopped going to the restroom and they stopped going around the house by themselves and they would always have to be like three or four together because things will happen they were thinking they were saying you know that like they would hear things um, going on around them and at night they even heard a ghost that will say there's seven dead soldiers inside the walls and they would just keep on saying that in random noises you know random uh, voices just telling them to get out like that they were going to kill them that's when things started escalating they still it's really interesting because what i'm reading is like the daughters were going through all this the mom was going through all this what the dad was just like breaking and denying the whole thing he was like oh no that's not happening they would always he would always find some type of like um uh, reason why oh this is what happened and he didn't really believe it. So it got so bad that a family, a family friend is actually the one that contacted uh, the Warrens. 
they didn't. Caroline didn't contact Oh, it wasn't directly. Caroline no, It was, like, actually a friend that it was, like, really sick of saying how, like, they were just, like, uh, living in fear. So the Warrens came, and it's really interesting because it goes back to the Warrens type of, like, um, the way that they worked, right? So what they said is that Ed will go to the to the house or the place that it was hunted and spend kind of like a few days outside the place, you know, kind of like looking around and doing things. And then he would start like throwing stuff about the house. So to gain entrance into the homes, he will kind of like knock on the door and be like, oh, look, I made this drawing of your house. And then he will go in and then Lorraine will come in and be like, oh, it's hunted or something's happening, <laughs> right? So it was... That was kind of like, okay, I can see them how they would work that way. So they came the night before um, Halloween, 1973, and they showed up and said, okay, this is what we're going to do. So they walk around the house and they felt all these things. And actually Lorraine is the one that said um, that it was the spirit of, what is, uh, Bathsheba? Bathsheba. She's the one that said, oh. This, you are being hunted by the spirit of Ashiba because you have a bruise on your leg that looks round and she used to, she killed the, the baby. So Bashiba was supposed to be a witch that was right. um, burned after she tried to uh, kill sacrifice the baby, sacrifice baby, the baby yeah. to Satan because she wanted to be like the first, you know, concubine, whatever it was. Uh, she did it with needles, knitting needles that she was very with those needles and that's why she said that is the sign of Bathsheba and she's like okay whatever so, you know that's her so they did the sands which was really interesting they go in and do the sands all the daughters were there except for the little one so they're like okay so they are going on full-blown sands and the dad is like dude we have to put my daughters away and they're like no there's no time so they do the whole thing according to like everything everything that Cindy and Andrea said when they wrote different books is that they actually did see their mom being possessed, like all of a sudden, like the mom started speaking different tongues. Uh, she actually started contorting in like this weird way. They thought that she was breaking her bones. She sat on the chair. They had to tie her in the chair, like levitated. Mm -hmm. So they saw the whole part that we see on the on the cellar. It did happen. Yeah. But the the sad thing, it was like the four daughters saw it. And it seems that whenever like Ed and Lorraine try to speak to the spirit, made it worse. So actually, Roger, the dad, according to the story, punches Ed. Ah, she punch, he punches him and goes like, okay, that's it. Get the shit out of my house. Get everything out of it. And that's it. Get out. So they leave. Mm -hmm. They take everything. They leave. The mom is supposedly not, I mean, she's, she, she's not possessed anymore, but what the daughter said, it, it took her like three months to recover. She was like spending every single time in her room, just kind of wasting away. While the Warrens were still trying to come back and like knock on the door and was like, can we do another test? And they're like, no, we're not going to do anything. So to the daughters and Caroline and Roger, when they came in, it was when they actually like made it worse. Yeah. After that, it's um, it seems like the daughters and the family just kind of quiets down. They didn't move. They lived. Uh, they lived there. All they the way stayed in the house the, until the eighties. So it was funny because it's really interesting. And I was trying to find exactly what happened. What Cindy and Andrea are the ones that wrote the book, and they it's kind of like they all quiet after the sands. But if you have like, if you interview them, like because I saw a few interviews, they just shut down when they say, so what happened after the sands? Did your mom maybe get better? They're like, oh no, we just live happy ever after, right? But 
if you go back to the actions, like as soon as the daughters will finish high school, they will get the hell out of it. People never went and visit them, and as soon as they could, they just moved to you know another place. In 1980, they left. There's other people that have been on the house because the house is still there, right? And not nobody has ever said that anything happened, which is like really interesting. They're like, you know, nothing has ever happened. Uh, Cindy and Andrea were invited to the set of. The Conjuring, and actually, really? Cindy was um, Cindy was uh, one of the uh, uh, you know advisors. No, not she was like there as I know support and kind of like tell her story. The thing that she says is that when she walked into the into the set, everybody was kind of like you know asking her what was going on, and when she saw what was going on and how the movie was being directed right because it was not about her family it was about whatever the Warrens said because it was not even something that they lived it was like whatever they said she just left she was like okay I'm done I'm leaving so she never went back to the house uh her sisters went in there like a couple of times on the set and the mom never ever went back even though she says that she's not scared of the house she never went back uh to this day there's a no I mean there's people living there and yeah. everybody says that it's been like kind of um Quiet quiet and and it's nothing really happened however if you go back to the story of the house and the land there's a lot of murders and suicides and rapes and a lot of things happen so i mean if you believe everything that has to do with your cold then we will say well maybe nothing happens because there's not a good conduit for things to happen um. so that's you know that's what because um in another interview they asked cindy if things stop when she moved out of the house. Mm -hmm. And they said, oh, yeah, we'll move to, like, you know, uh, this, uh, I think it was Georgia, they moved to another farm. And then she said, well, you know, kind of like, well, things were different. And they're like, well, could you explain? And she says, oh, no, no, no. So it seems that they were follow. And then Andrea, in another book, uh, kind of hints out to the fact that they left the house, but they did they didn't leave those spirits behind. Those spirits kind of still followed them. Interesting. So it was really interesting. And I was really, uh, I think that that even made it more interesting because it was actually based in a true story, which yeah. I think it was really, yeah. yeah. Interesting. interesting. I didn't know much about it at all. No. Like, yeah. So like, hmm? I don't know why I never looked into it considering this is like, I don't know, one of my top movies. I think it's so good. So, and I've mm -hmm. looked up Ed and Lorraine and I was like, meh. Yeah. Uh, but... I wanted, yeah, yeah, that was great. Well, it's always kind of cool when something like this, you're like, oh, it's based on a true story. Yeah. But mm -hmm. you don't think about what that actually means and, like, how accurate is it to what really happened? Mm -hmm. And yeah. what what happened after this this story? Like, what continued to happen to the people in their lives and, yeah, and beyond that? Yeah, because you them of being like, okay, that's it. They live happily ever after. No, yeah. they didn't. I was like, okay, well, that's yeah. not. Yeah. That's for the second part. I have a quick add to what you said about the house, because mm -hmm. I read yesterday that there was a documentary that was done about the Perrin family home, and it has not been released yet. It comes out mm, July 16th, oh, okay. and it's called The Sleepless Unrest, yeah. and it's people, I don't know. I don't know. I never watched that sh Ghost Hunters shows yeah. like, oh, ever. Yeah. But it's, it's some people who do, like worked on that, and they had like camera fourteen cameras set up for twenty four hours a day, and they just say um, there's just like a quick quote about the documentary: a real paranormal experience in the world's most 
notorious haunted house. And yeah. they said it was pretty frightening. But also, they probably want to have people watch their movie. So, right, yeah. Of course, yeah. I, honestly... They, they might be inflating that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Honestly, whenever... Like, when I see something that's, like, based in a real true story, if it's about a horror haunting thing, mm-hmm. I'm like, mm, probably yeah. not. I'll just enjoy the story yeah. or whatever. Yeah. If it's about a real event, like a serial killer, and I'm like, I bet you there's not that much, you know, creative exact, license. Yeah. I'm sure that's mm-hmm. pretty true. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I'm not promoting this or saying anyone should watch it or not. I just thought mm-hmm. that was interesting. So Yeah, I know. I'm, like, I'm curious about it. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, I don't... If it just pops up on streaming one day, I might, like, watch a little bit of it. Pop into like, it. I might be like, uh, nah. Or, like, <laughs> that, I don't know. So, one thing that I did find interesting was, like, remember at the beginning of the movie how they talk about, like, you know, this is the case that the Warrens, you know, you know, like, sh- you know, It was the one them, that they the don't one. talk about, yeah. Which is yeah. what they, um, the daughters were saying the same thing. Like, when the Warrens went in and saw exactly what was going on, they just were, like, they were scared out of their minds. They just couldn't understand how so many things were happening at once to a family. So it was true. Like, it did scare them and they never really solved them, you know, because they actually made it worse. So that was, that was interesting. I was like, oh, it's good, but... Well, that kind of supports Mm -hmm. the idea that if they were kind of a little bit of con artists, Mm -hmm. if, you know, the daughters are trying to sell the story that this was a legit supernatural haunting experience, then they would want to sell the idea that it freaked the Warrens out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, that like they're supposed to be these these exorcists, the demonologists that have seen all this shit and they came into the parent home and was like, what? Like hell no, and you're like, oh, okay. okay so well, I guess yeah, I'm I, on this on my own. Yeah, right. I'll wait for the Vatican. Wait for the Vatican. Wait for those Vatican people. The Vatican approval. Yeah, I know. That's hard to get. We all know the bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! All the red tape. All the red tape. So Don't get me started. Try so many times if I try. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I misspoke in, in our last podcast when I said it was rated. PG-13. The Conjuring is rated R. I mm-hmm. misspoke. I think I got it mixed up um, with Insidious, Insidious. Mm-hmm. which is PG-13. Mm-hmm. Uh, just as terrifying, I mm-hmm. feel like, as The yes. Conjuring. I know. I'm not really sure. I don't know why. I, I was trying know. to find out why, because the director, when he actually went and said, what do I do to make this movie PG-13? And then when he talked, you know, he spoke with the writers and everybody was like, we can't. There's, There's nothing, nothing we can, can take do. out of this yeah. movie. So just take it. And still, right at our yeah. success. So, so I, I misspoke. But, like, leading up on, or moving on from that, we are to the, would you show this uh, <laughs> to your kids? <laughs> Unexpert opinion. Um, yeah. As we wrap up this episode. Would you show this to your children? I know I would never show this, any of these movies to my kids ever because they are afraidy cats. Yeah, so Grace has seen all of them. Um, yeah, so, so for, yes. for the record for this, as Meredith said, the um, MPAA rating for this is an R um, for, quote, sequences of disturbing violence and terror. Which, uh, last time when we were talking... Check and check. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but last time we were talking about The Ring and how, you know, it was kind of bullshit that a movie that scary had a PG-13 rating just because it didn't have any blood or gore or nudity or cursing, um, even though it was legitimately terrifying, mm-hmm. was was kind of BS. And so maybe, I mean, you, you could kind of look at maybe a trajectory, a timeline, per se, 
um, of maybe there was a, kind of an awakening of the MPAA of, we, you know, these movies aren't, don't belong in the PG-13 category just because they don't have any of these other quote-unquote offensive content. Um, if they, like, psychologically damage you. Yeah, if they destroy <laughs> yes. you from the inside out for the rest of your life, maybe they should maybe still be should. an Even R. Even there's no boobies, I guess. We'll yeah, yeah. Boobies, boobies are, are, are uh, comforting. Yeah, sure. You know, who's not comforting nice by a not comforted by a nice set of boobies? Head. Yeah. <laughs> a bag of sand. <laughs> Bags of sand. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so MPAA rated this as R. IMDB uh, categorized it, the, it, gave it the severe um, rating f- only in the category of frightening and intense scenes, which mm-hmm. is legit. And then Common Sense Media gave it a rating of age 16 plus, even though the parent and kid rating both said 13 plus. Mm. Um, yeah, I would see, I could see thirteen, yeah. maybe. So Grace, um, my daughter, uh, I think she was probably eleven when she saw this the first time, and as we've talked about, she had a good groundwork for scary movies uh, going into that, um, and definitely thought it was scary for sure. Um, but for other parents, unless your kid is like Grace and has a groundwork for really scary stuff and is okay with it, I would not recommend this <laughs> for younger kids because it is, it, it's really scary on, on multiple different levels because there's like, there's movies that are, they just have jump scares, mm-hmm. but then there, and there are movies where it's like, it's imagery, it's scary imagery where like it sticks in your brain and when you close your eyes and you go to bed at night, you see it mm-hmm. w- in, with your eyes closed. Or, you know, there's an idea that's really troubling and disturbing. And, like, this kind of has all of those things folded in together. Like, all of those really scary elements. So it doesn't matter what it is that scares you. This movie's going to hit that note. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so in that way, it's fantastic as a scary movie. But in terms of showing to your children, you would need to be really cautious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Already to sleep with all of them in the bed. Yeah, Sleeping yeah. in the bed. Yeah, for them. sure. And and I don't remember Grace might have slept with me after this because she's now she's at the point where even when something really scares her, she doesn't sleep with me. She just toughs it out in her own bed. Um, but when she first saw this, it may have been a time when she when she did bunk with me for a night. Hmm. Yeah, it's pretty scary. I mean, it's, it's really scary. scary. And it's sort of, I mean, if you never watch any other horror movies and this is the movie you decide you're going to show your kid. No, you don't, don't. start with this. No, no, no. no. This no. is like middle. What, it, what did no. you say? Like, you don't break your scary cherry with this. Yeah, you no. don't. You yeah. can't. You cannot yeah. do that. It's just like, no. I mean, unless you don't like your kid. Then yeah, and like, you want to yeah. punish <laughs> them and make them suffer. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is what I would recommend for someone who's like, I want to start watching horror movies. I want to start getting into them. I might would be like, hey, try The Conjuring. Like, you want to watch something scary? Yeah. Yeah. You, but nothing that's, like, horrifying chopping limbs off and yeah. not, like, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, gratuitous sex, sex. and, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's, mm-hmm. like, there's not really expletives, I don't think, no, at all. Not at no. all. Um, it's, like, a great, you know, introduction to if you want to watch something scary. Like yeah. a serious horror. Because yeah. what I was going back to is, like, you know, if you if you watch a horror movie, you know, like, even... You know how the scene changes, how the music speeds up. So you're you're waiting for that jump scare. Like, yeah. okay, it's coming. Here it doesn't. But that was one mm-hmm. thing that I did appreciate. There was like no movie. There was no there was no um sound, excuse me, no sound, no crescendo. 
it was just like there. And you're like, oh, shit. It's, but it's still yeah. that, I mean, there's something that comes from having watched a lot of scary movies where you go into something like this, mm-hmm. where you like, like the scene where the um, officer Brad sees the nurse, mm-hmm. you know, and he's, he's alone in the kitchen. And oh, the hears, maid? Yeah. Oh, maid. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Not nurse. Maid. like, damn, nurse. You're like, wait, where's the nurse? Um, <laughs> but like, that? he's alone in the kitchen. He hears a noise outside. He opens the door. He looks outside and you're like, oh, something's going to happen. Oh, nothing happens. And yep. he closes the door. Oh, and then there's he steps a rocking chair. And nothing then, happens. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, he steps back and he's over his shoulder and then he like turns and then it's like, oh, and then there's something there. And so you, as if you've seen a lot of scary movies, you're waiting for that moment mm-hmm. and you know all the spots to look and keep an eye out for that, those things. And yeah. so it would be a good, if you're an adult who's never seen a scary movie, which I, I mean, I guess I'm married to one, but <laughs> this would be a good one to start with. But if you're young, if you're young, no, yeah, you Adult, don't start here. Yes, you don't start here. No, children, no, no, no. So start with I, Coraline. Start with Coraline. <laughs> move your way up. Just dip your toe in Tim Burton's universe, and yep. if you're not yeah, horrified, yeah, utilize that. Really get mm-hmm. that to work for and you. And you're like the macabre is for me. I am strange and unusual. Like yeah. uh, if they can handle Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. yes. Yeah, maybe then, Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, yeah, just a little little spookiness. And I mm-hmm. was all about it. I, yeah. I loved those movies. It's but. all about a gradual... Yeah. A gradual maybe if you to, to indoctrinate them, you need yes. to be really deliberate. Get baby steps. <laughs> so what are we discussing next time is... Annabelle. Con- Annabelle. Yeah, Ooh. so we, we talked about the various... Um, orders that we could discuss the movies in the conjuring universe we talked about potentially grouping them so doing conjuring one two three and then annabelle one two three um or potentially and i suggest well i didn't really suggest this it would have been nonsense but doing them in the chronological order that they occurred which is not at all the order that they were released Mm -hmm. but then we settled that the best way to go about it would be just release order and so after the the conjuring the first conjuring movie was released in 2013 um the next movie to come out in 2014 was annabelle so just Mm -hmm. annabelle so give it a watch if you've never watched it or a rewatch if you'd it's like to. Delightful. Oh, it's I great. have to say, my it's expectations awesome. going into that movie were not mm-hmm. really high. Yeah. I was like, this might be interesting, but oh boy, oh boy. did it deliver. It was so good. I well, loved that's what it. I said when we were talking about Ouija. Remember, I said that we were deciding between seeing Ouija and Annabelle in the theater, mm-hmm. and we were thought, oh, Annabelle looks stupid. Let's see Ouija. And then Ouija was trash. And, and then I went back awesome. later and I saw Annabelle at home when it was streaming. And I was like, this movie's amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it has Alfre Woodard. I think Woodard? Alfre Woodard? Yes. I yeah. love her. Um, so, yeah. Give it a watch. And that's what we're talking about next time. So, thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks, Katie and Lorena. We've been all chatting through book club and through this for probably like nine hours at this point exactly. so yeah <laughs> time to go watch a horror yeah. movie put a pin in it put yes. a pin in it <laughs> bye. Bye. Watch a horror movie. bye bye